Thanks for listening to this episode of PageCast, featuring the inspiring Nadine Aisha Jassat, speaking about her latest book, The Stories Grandma Forgot. 12-year-old Nyla's dad died when she was four, or that's what she was told. So when Grandma Farida insists she saw him in the supermarket, Nyla wonders if she's time-traveling again, the phrase she uses when Grandma forgets. But when Grandma asks Nyla to find her dad and bring him home, Nyla promises she will. As Nyla sets out on her journey, she hopes that uncovering the past will help her to understand the mystery at the heart of her family and to work out who she is. In this episode of PageCast, Nadine is in conversation with children's bookseller extraordinaire Varushka Lowe. Enjoy the episode. Today in the Cape Town Jonathan Bull office, uh, we have the amazing pleasure of talking to Nadine Asha Yassat. She's in Cape Town at the moment uh, as part of a South African tour for her book, the first one of three that we're going to see. They're not uh, a series, but they're standalones. The stories Grandma Forgot. And we have had the pleasure of spending a week at schools. How how did that feel for you, seeing so, so many South African kids? I think, we did we say we saw over a thousand kids this week? Uh, definitely at least close to. We saw so many kids. Um, but what was beautiful is that we got to talk to them and we got to hear what they were passionate about. We got to hear the books that they would recommend reading and we got to hear the stories that they would tell. Um, so it was it was wonderful to get a sense of their hearts and their minds and their imaginations. Um, and it was a real treat. I think what was beautiful for me to watch, because we, you watch it over and over, is how you interact with them mm. and how quickly there's like no one who has more mistrust than a child, mm. especially if you're an adult. They're just like, who are you? Why are you in my space? But how quickly they trust you. If you think it's a 45-minute slot that you have with them and you just talk to them like humans and they just open up to you, and that is a gift. How did you? How did you end up sort of in this world you know you you could have done so many other things um you're a great writer so you could have you know you're also a poet but how wh- why was it that you focused and you were like children's stories are my stories so i think when i started or when i had the idea for the stories grandma forgot i was working mainly as a poet in sort of adult settings i'd had my first poetry collection let me tell you this out and there was this little voice in the back of my mind and I knew this voice was of a 12 year old girl called Nyla um, at the same time my grandma was experiencing Alzheimer's and so I knew that as Nyla's voice developed in my mind I knew she also had a grandmother who had Alzheimer's and it was this this narrative that was slowly developing but in my head I was like but no you're a poet you write for adults but I knew this was a story I really wanted to tell. And I think the thing that was was blocking me was this like confidence of, you know, for me, children's authors and children's books, those were the things that made me a reader. The books that made me a reader were the books that then made me a writer. Um, and so to admit that I wanted to tell the story, to admit that I wanted to try being a, a children's author was also to take a, a journey into believing in myself, I think. Um, and so that was the journey that I took. And then it just feels like the greatest honor because you get to craft these stories with like all of your heart. For me, exploring some really big questions and then these stories get loved and trusted by young leaders. And that that is an honor, you know, that is that is um, a privilege and it's something that I take very seriously as well. Um, and I think maybe that ethos translates into the classroom because in the classroom, you know, you have to be genuine because kids can tell if you're not. Absolutely. But also you know, you you have this huge opportunity 
to meet with young minds. And again, it is it is an honor and it is a responsibility. And it's, so it's this huge opportunity to meet with them and to invest in them and to actually say, all these things that I've done in my life, being an author, writing books, you have infinite capacities and potentials to do that too. So I, in the workshops, I always say to them, we do, we make up a story together. And I always say to them, this shows like the power of our imaginations. And your imagination doesn't have to be used towards writing a book. Your imagination can be used towards making, affecting the changes that you wish to see in the world. Because imagination can also be radical. Imagination can also be the things that we need to affect the differences we want to see. Um, and yeah, I just, I want them to leave feeling invested in and valued and like they have potential and power too. I think what was interesting that is a very long and great answer. Yes, so it was interesting. <laughs> what is interesting was how also watching the teachers respond to, to mm. it's, I mean, so you, you, some of them you'd see, oh, but you know these children, but at the same time, you've not maybe seen that child uh, step up, you know? Everyone also puts up their hand, but in the, within the front, um, and they suddenly on the spot have to do something and uh, come up with a line or, you know, some of them are just babbling it's like a fountain and mm. others you can see think about it and they just give this great alternative line and you just go that's the great imagination because you you know it's not just you you looked for it and you picked it um it was it's really interesting to watch how kids unfold like that yeah. And, and yeah that's i think what i liked um about your book and i've read a bit of from the manuscript of the next one estinur is you treat your characters with so much respect. And I can see that you think about who they are um, in a very much all-round way. And the place you, you place them in a very difficult space, but with so much care. So even when you're reading it and you think, this character, like in the first book, Nyla, she carries a lot and mm. she's trying her best. And, and you kind of think, oh, is she going to be okay? You know, because there's so much heart in it. And then you, like in, in Nala, the first story, then book day is the librarian who comes up. So you always, there's always a hand who just saves them a bit, um, without it feeling preachy, which I think is also a gift that you, and you have. Um, yeah. What, what did you, what did you want, um, what did you want kids to feel when they read it? Did you want them to feel the safety or did you want them to feel seen? Like here I am. I I have I also have things. Such a good question. And I think as well, because like one of my so my favorite bit of feedback that I get from readers. So that's like in the post process, you know, that's when the book is out in the world. Um and my favorite bit of feedback I get is that the book feels like a hug. And I just think like that's to know that you've you've created something that's given that to a reader is so wonderful. But when it came to writing it and like what I wanted to do, it was mainly like as a writer, I've always written for myself first. So those first drafts, you know, that nobody sees, um, I wrote them for myself. And I think with this story, I was writing it for my own inner child and like the things that I didn't have growing up and the questions that I had. I think both the stories Grandma Forgot and the hidden story, you know, both of them start with this central question. And for Nyla, it's like, how do I, how do I discover who I am? How do I say who I am? How do I claim that? And with Esty, it's like, how do I tell a story that's that's been denied me, a story that I have, but that nobody wants to listen to. And these are, are both questions I've had through my life. And then I know when I go and talk with kids, and when you talk honestly, as like, this is the human feelings I've had, you can see on their faces, they're like, yeah, I've, I've had these feelings too. 
so I guess what I'd want kids to to feel in the book is that they have a friend. You know, they have a, a companion in the characters in the world of the book. Because, you know, I searched for books like this with mixed characters, with characters who faced the same questions I had. And I had to answer those questions for myself because those books weren't there. And then now it's like, you know, hey, here's a friend for you to read and a friend that encourages you to think of what your own ideas and answers would be um, as well. I think in a weird way, we've probably never been in a space in the world where if your family doesn't look like that little cardboard cutout family, it's okay. It's never been so okay. But at the same time, you know, there's always the flip side where the, the more something goes to the left, it also more, the more it goes to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, f- I felt like your families are like collage families. They're cut from different magazines, but they make a beautiful picture. And um, that is so important for kids because if you if you ask in, in a class of like city kids, how many of you come from this sort of clean cut? Your mom does this, your dad does this. You, you've got one sibling here and half a dog and whatever. Uh, very few, mm. and and yet so much fiction is based around that. And then you're like, okay, but but where are we? You know, um, I must say, I. I believed you. I believed Gran when I was reading your book. I believed <laughs> that Gran was right because I wanted to believe it. And you tricked me. I mean, no spoilers. No spoilers. No, I didn't say anything else. I just said I believed her and you tricked me. And I I felt done in a bit. <laughs> I was like, I'm a, I'm a seasoned reader. Why did I fall for this? I take that as such a high compliment because, you know, when you're working on it as a piece of craft, you don't know, you know everything. So you don't know what readers are going to know or think. So I take it as like a sincere compliment. <laughs> yeah, you, t- you definitely tricked me. But I think it was because I was so invested in your family that you created. Mm. And I was like, you know, the more the more whole the family is, the better for now. So mm. um, very well written. Yes, thank you for that. I had a moment. I was like, oh, she tricked me. Um, I usually make people cry as well. I think that's like the feedback on my work. Everyone's like, oh, yes, I, I cried. And so maybe I should, I don't know, like partner with someone who produces tissues or something. And like I give them as a the whole, book. that is, a, that is a, a partnership people don't think about. <laughs> tissues and kids books. Yeah. Yeah. Why is family so important to you? Mm. Well, I think in the stories, Grandma, I forgot it's like found family. Is, yeah. is the thing that's so important. And I don't know if that as well is to do with like diaspora identities as well. And like when you're, when you're kind of on your, on your own, it's, it's finding your people and finding, finding your community because you're, you're far from where you have other people in community. Um, and I think also with, with Nyla in the stories, grandma forgot, you know, it, it really came from this place of like, she wants to figure out who she is and she turns to family for that. And then through the journey, she actually realizes that like, the only person who can define who you are is yourself, you yes. know, and that's a, a real thing that she turns to. Um, but I know that that central question of, I was like, I want to have a narrative where it's exploring her experience as a mixed kid and her ability her struggle to like define herself in a world that's always trying to define her um which was certainly reflecting my experience and so that's why that's where the the plot point of of her dad and her dad the search for her dad yes. which is the the huge part of the mystery right is the search for her dad that's where that came in because it was like she's she's looking for for him to tell her who she is but he can't 
um, for reasons you'll find out as you read the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but it 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 was a a plot circumstance that created the the emotional truth of. So she has to find out who she is for herself. Yeah. Um, which is not really an answer to your question, but. <clears throat> well, I was wondering, the... I was thinking, Sonia, like, I know your family, how your family is put together, but maybe do you want to tell the listeners how your family is put together? Yeah. Um, so... Your own blood family, not your paper family. Yeah. Um, so my mum is from the UK, um, like Nyla's mum, and my dad is from Zimbabwe um, and is a, a mix of, of many different backgrounds from Zimbabwe. Um, and I, so he met my mum when he came to the UK and yeah, so for me, it was the stock. I think for me, from an early age, I understood the power of storytelling, um, as something more than just a, a story that you tell at night, go to sleep to. I knew that actually when my dad was telling me about stories about Zimbabwe, that was his way of keeping Zimbabwe and heritage present in his kids who were mile, miles away. Because also it's like we we were so lucky that we used to go back to Zimbabwe for the six weeks holidays every year up to like the age of 12. And then at 12, you know, the plane fares go up, you're suddenly an adult, you know. And so it's these, these really, these really big things. And, and so it, stories was a way to like keep me connected to Zimbabwe, to family, to, you know, my sense of myself as a as a Muslim woman descended from these really powerful Muslim matriarchs in, in a society that told very different narratives and very harmful narratives, um, you know, around Islamophobia. And and I always knew, yeah, but I'm descended from my grandmother and her sister. And they were these cheeky, powerful Muslim businesswomen who would do this and that. And, you know, that was how I shaped my understanding of myself. So, yeah, family and family storytelling was like an an antidote to the the difficulties and the questions of the world. And of course, you know, I've ended up with a book called The Stories Grandma Forgot. And so it shows those those things stay with you and they come out in your writing in different ways. I think the, um, anybody in your family who have read your book would know how much you love them, even if they're <laughs> not in the book because they're in the book. Yeah. You know? um, I... Was very honoured that you gave me a copy of your poetry collection. You're in the acknowledgements, though, as well, Vishka. You're in the acknowledgements uh, of the book. I am, because <laughs> I, we have met last year as well. Um, but I wanted to know if you maybe do us an honour of reading my favourite poem. I, I fell in love with that poem so hard. Yeah. I've read it so many times. It's a beautiful poem that Nadine has written about her brother, but it's about identity. Yeah. And it's about how when you don't look like everyone else, you try so hard to fit in, but the harder you try to fit in, the harder you fit in nowhere. Mm, yeah. Um, it yeah. comes back to that journey, right, of it's only you can define, only you can define you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this, so this is a poem from Let Me Tell You This, so my first poetry collection, which I gifted Rushka. Um, Apparently with typos, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> there's a typo in this fine poem, but it's okay, because the new, the, the reprinted version is out and I got to correct my typos. Um, and yeah, so, as I was, you know, I was just talking about my grandmother and her sister. Um, so me and my little brother, Sammy, Samir, were named after them in our middle names. So his middle name is Ali bin Muhammad. Um, and my grandmother's sister was Aisha Ali bin Muhammad. That was her name. And of course, I'm Nadine Aisha Jasset. So our names create the stories of these women. And that's, that's kind of the background um, to know to the poem. So this is Sam. He asked us to call him Sam cut off his ear so the name we would hear was this. 
Three letters, two syllables, one word. Fits on a keychain, fits on a form, fits in. Smear. If you say it fast, mouth lazy and half shut, it sounds like the long, thick mark laid against us. Our names, our faces, our skin. Smear. Sam ear. If you give it time, say it slow and let it grow each letter allowed its own space in your mouth, which opens wide like a greeting. You could almost be forgiven for hearing Samir, 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 same here, same here, same here. We have far more in common than that which divides yet your name is split. Straight down the middle, your letters, two islands of three amid the silency that I, too, have crossed. Sam, yeah, that last lost syllable calls me here. Littlest brother, six foot three, and yet to me you will always be. That scrawny bundle of seven years old sat on the floor of an airport lounge, spelling out the letters of your passport, each sound a question. A pause and then, eh, I've got five names and one of them's been. But it hurt our mouths to call you wheelie and joke if you wanted to go to America. You might not get in. Sam. Samir Ali bin Muhammad Jasset. My middle name ends where yours begins. A family tree held between you and me on paper. Stories passed down. Stories remembered in our names. Don't shorten them now. Don't tell half the tale. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> you see why I have to have Kleenex sponsoring me. Or some tissue sponsoring me. <laughs> it, it reminds me so much of how, as important as it is for a child to see themselves in a work with their reading, is for another child mm. to see a child in a work that's not like them mm. so that they can see them in real life. Because mm. the more your average kid who has been in a hundred million books, see the kid that they don't see, they recognize them in their real life. They're like, oh, this is the kid in my class. This is mm. And so, and that is how we become all just, you know, normal humans, yeah. um, which I've, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but the dream stays alive. And it's names as well, right? Like it's what happens when you have this full name that carries so much history like Samir. You know, he was named that because it means storyteller and my grandmother was a storyteller. And then what happens if like the, the world around you says you must shorten this name to Sam? Does that mean you shorten yourself? Mm. Does that mean you make yourself smaller? And it comes up in the stories grandma forgot. There's the, the bully at school and it's the way he uses her name, the way he makes her feel like Nyla is a, a different name or a bad name and how she how she's like, actually, my name's brilliant, you know, and how she reclaims it. Yeah. yeah. How did you come up with your names for your second book, for Esti Noor? For Esti Noor. <laughs> so it was, um, 
For some reason, I well, I know the exact reason. You'll have to read the book to find out the significance of Esty. And anyone who's a poet will be like, oh, yeah, I know why you did that. Um, and then with Noor, it was like, um, I sometimes have like my standing names. I really love the name Noor. It's like a first name. Yeah. Um, and so I popped it, popped it in and I was like, actually, this this really works. And then it became part of the, um, so her aunt and her mum, they, they talk about how they have... Um, not no light, but actually no fire, um, you know, and they're like Ooh. quite, um, they're quite feisty, both of them. Um, so it became, it became part of the story. Um, and I knew that I wanted Estes, Estes, Estes kind of like, if I had a child, she's like, whereas Nyla was more when I was a child, you yes. know, um, and Estes granddad was from South Africa and so I knew that I wanted um, to make sure that her, her surname was one that was present in South Africa um, and I have this great little <laughs> this website that I go on to check all the different um, names which is how I know I'm the only Jasset in Scotland that website also helps me discover <laughs> that and I discovered that there were, there were many Noors literally in Cape Town in the Western Cape so I was like okay I was very it happy works. because it's the place that you know, you know how much I love Cape Town and you know that it's a part of my history and my, my life. And yeah, so the books are a real love for South Africa and Scotland. Can't wait. So the cover was revealed this week. Uh, it's beautiful. And I'm so glad that you're working with the same illustrator. Yes, Sandia. Um, she's Sandia Pavat. She's wonderful. Yeah, you can see the, the love is there for the text. <laughs> but what's amazing is it's got two, two flowers on. Um, that both represent who you are. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So it's got um, it's got the protea and it's got the thistle. So it's got two of the um, two of the the flowers that, like I've been saying to the children in the schools this week, it's like a love letter, you know, um, to Scotland and South Africa in that way. Um, and as a book, it's also I think it's it's a love letter to voice. You know, the story Grandma forgot was about the power of of stories and understanding who you are. But Esty knows about actually what it feels like when your voice isn't heard and when your story is denied and then what what the conditions can be in terms of community and love and having a friend who will listen to you that help you feel safe to then share your story and reclaim your voice. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very proud of, of the hidden story of Estee because I worked really hard. <laughs> well, you're still really working hard on it. You're going to read the yeah. last final proofs the next yeah. week, hopefully. Yes, find all those uh, commas <laughs> going astray. <laughs> I think it's so hard once a child has swallowed whatever it is, it's hard for them, mm. for them to talk about it. Mm. And it kind of... If you think about it, it inflates them from the inside. Mm. And they... Um, and with well, with your books, you you have this beautiful way of kind of saying it's okay to breathe in and just let it out, mm-hmm. um, which I think is so so needed. Um, I know that like fantasy is so big and kids need to escape and all those things, but I have a deep love for the everyday because that is who we all are. It's the everyday. Um, if you never see someone just have breakfast in a book, then you eventually, you know, that is just who still eats. But you, you eat. The reader yeah. still has yeah, that. Yeah. So you embrace the little everyday so beautifully. Um, and I think that is part of what makes your book so special. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this would be how I would have done it. You know? And it's poetry too, though, right? Like, what is poetry of not finding beauty in the small things? Absolutely. Um, and yet they're both, they're both verse novels because... To me, that's the 
I feel most comfortable writing in, in poetry, but also for me, it's like I get plot and I get storytelling, which are things I love. I love as a writer. I love crafting a good plot and I love telling stories. But I think there's something about the beauty of poetry where you can capture a tiny moment and pull out all the like beauty and emotion that's held in that. And verse novels allow you to have like everything. They allow to have you all those things. So for yeah. those who haven't, <laughs> who haven't tried verse novels, um, I always think in South Africa, we should just have verse novels because it it conquers so many levels. If you're not a confident reader, if English isn't your first language, it's such an easy way to read a great book. You know, you don't have to think, oh, it's a chunky book. My child can't get through it. Um, in verse, anything anything works. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of verse. So yeah. no, me too. Me too. I'm hoping that it starts like <laughs> a trend more for middle grade as well, because so far verse has only been for YA. So I'm hoping you're trend setting. Yeah, I hope so. But also, I just hope that it encourages more young people to like love poetry and see themselves as poets, which again is what we did in the schools this week. Um, and because sometimes poetry can feel intimidating. And I think I was one of the... Or old. Or old, yeah, yeah. You know, it's an um, old, old people thing. And it's like, actually, you can use the words that are your words. You know, that's something that I really emphasize a lot. It doesn't have to be fancy, complicated words. It doesn't have to be a poem that nobody can understand. It just has to, if you want it to, come from the heart and use the language that you would use and that feels right for you. You know, it's, it's the self-expression. It's not trying to fit into what anybody else thinks. Is there any part of stories grandma forgot that you'd want to read as an encouragement to someone maybe listening to mm. say hey might be hard now but who knows what's up ahead i absolutely i'll read you i mean if you want we can just do the whole audiobook and i'll just i'll start on page one yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for that um but what i'll read you is so there's we mentioned the librarian Miss Haldy. Um, and obviously this, I mean, this book is also a huge love for libraries, right? It's, it's a book that, that shows how valuable libraries are in communities. Um, you can't be a reader and not love libraries. Exactly. I, I don't exactly. understand. The, it's not this, you know, yeah. possible. But I would say if there's, like I said, the book isn't preachy, but if there's one place where no, it's, it's my voice, it's my voice that's like speaking to the reader, it's this poem. And I think it's, the reason this poem is so important to me is because it's like me speaking to my inner child as well. So it's to give a sense of the setting. Nine has gone on the mystery to see if her dad is still alive. She's she's trying to find out. And of course, like any good plot, you're going to have twists and turns. And on one of the twists and turns, she's really like, oh, this is so hard. I don't know what to do. I tried really hard and things didn't go my way. And this is what Miss Haldy says to her. I wish I could tell you it was always going to be easy. I wish I could say you'll never face another bully again and that people will always see the truth and not the lies or that injustice will go away and that you won't have times in your life when you'll feel exactly this way or cry from this same place, that same spot in you that misses your family or has been called words I refuse to say. But you might, Nyla, you might. And so instead, what I can tell you is that you are brave and that there are things about you that are so special and so strong, and that all of the questions this world has given you, you can answer them. You can decide them for yourself. You can choose home in yourself, for yourself. You are not bad. You are not wrong. You are living through a world that has inherited so many difficulties, and yet you are thriving. 
And there are others in this world who are fighting those difficulties, who are doing good things, making a difference, making hope, who took all those questions and took all their brave and chose to create change. Who needs a Netflix subscription? We could just listen to this all day. Thank you so much for reading that. It's, I think it's so encouraging. Mm. I think also the the better the writing is, the more it's something a parent can read with their child. Mm. Um, and I think your books are perfect for that. Mm. Also perfect for school conversations. Um, what is the, is it, do you want to talk about, like two seconds about what the next one is about that yeah. you're working on? Yeah. Book three? In the next book that's coming out, The Hidden Story of Esty Noor, it's all about how the girl finds her voice in a secret Scottish town. And the story that I'm working on currently is about the theme of hope. And it's really fun to work on. Would you go back to adult writing? Would you go back to poetry for adults? Would you? I have some really lovely, lovely, lovely adult poems. Um, I mean, lovely, such a. I have some poems I'm really proud of that I've been writing and I'm slowly working Your poems aren't lovely though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. I don't know exactly. why you say lovely. I know. It's, I, have, I have some really, um, yeah, some poems that I'm really proud of that slowly working towards a second collection. And I've been really enjoying um, delving into verse forms um, such as like guzzles and pantoums, so verse forms that are not from European traditions um, and that are actually from from backgrounds that parallel to mine. And there's something about that that's challenging in terms of craft. So I'm like, yes, getting to grow my skills. That's also deeply satisfying as a, as a person on her own journey. And then as a reader, I love like why fantasy. And so I think there's a part of me that's always going to threaten to write a why fantasy. One day, one day. But for now, I'm just happy being also a, a reader. I don't know. I'm just like, I love all these books. I think one day maybe I should, but we're talking like 20 years down the line. Um, it's good now. to have a projection of where <laughs> yeah. you're going. For now, I just, I love writing novels and verse. I love, I love writing books where you take some big issues. Um, you know, Nyla's story, we talked about racism, heritage, understanding who you are. These are all really big issues, but they're all issues that are, they affected me as a kid. So I know they're affecting other kids. And it's it's a book that can help them navigate them, but it's also a book that can help adults navigate them and, and connect to empathy across the board. And so for the moment, I'm just loving, I'm loving doing that. In our house, we say, every day we learn, every day we unlearn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that is exactly yeah. what your books do. And it's then, it's yeah. a, just a, here is this, oh, I didn't see it like that. Oh, here is yeah. this, or oh, now I know better. And then hopefully every day we heal as well you know that's the dream yes. yeah yeah i think your book i mean it has a nod to you love i mean you might as well be african in your heart <laughs> but you there is a nod to to africa and south africa yeah. but kids in south africa so many kids struggle with really really big things every day yeah. and so often on their own so it is truly South African in its heart, even if not in its setting. Yeah. And thank, thank you for you. that. Uh, that's the biggest compliment. Uh, they, um, yeah, my, my South African. This is just a love space, really. <laughs> yeah. It's a little yeah. like, how much do I love you? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for spending the week <laughs> with us. Thanks for having me. It's been mm. like such a, like I said, such a privilege, but also so much fun, you know, and like every single child has just, 
shown up with such enthusiasm and such love for stories, mm. you know. And so, like, what a treat, what a gift to spend my time in those spaces. And thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of PageCast. We love hearing from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, please contact us at pagecastpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep reading and listening. <laughs>